On this week's podcast, we're going to take a slightly different approach. Rather than deal with a business issue related to conscious capitalism, this week we're taking a more personal approach. Our guest this week is a living example of what it means to be a conscious leader, and he shares the personal journey he's on as he faces one of life's ultimate challenges. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 28 of The Conscious Capitalists with your co-hosts, myself, Timothy Henry, and my partner in making the world a better place through business, Raj Rasodia. Hi, Raj. Hi, Timothy. Great to be with you again. Yeah, good to see you. Favorite time of the week when we have a chance to get together with our guests. And we have a very special guest today. And um, do you want to introduce him, Raj, or should I? Well, Danny Friedland is a well-known physician who has pivoted away from traditional medicine and has really become a uh, world-leading authority on um, leadership, on conscious leadership, on holistic well-being, and has written a very influential book on that and has, I think, made thousands of uh, presentations and given talks and has been a regular at our Conscious Capitalism CEO Summits for a number of years now where he has uh, given keynotes as well as workshops. So he is really a, a, a person who has influenced a lot of leaders as a high-level coach, as well as somebody who's helped them develop into more conscious leaders. And he's going through a very interesting phase of his life uh, that he's going to share with us today. Hello, Danny. Welcome to our show. It's just the joy of joys to be with you. It's such a joy. Um, and the impact that you've had on my life cannot be overstated. Um, and I, uh, for my community, um, that I want to, I would love to introduce you to Raj and Timothy. Um, and this is the seminal book on um, conscious capitalism written by John Mackey and Raj Sisodia. And this book was followed by that book, which is the Conscious Capitalist, Conscious Capitalism Field Guide, authored by Raj, Timothy, and Thomas Eckschmidt. And these um, have been life-changing books for me. They have they've opened my world to the, uh, the possibility of what conscious capitalism can realize in the world. And uh, Raj, you had written a book before that, Firms of Endearment. And it was such a, that was a pre-seminal book. (laughs) If there's a way of, and the data was fascinating because what you shared in that, I believe you followed 28 companies over a 15 year period. And the current data shows that these companies outperform, you know, the market by a factor of about 10 to 1. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, it was 9 to 1 over 10 years in the original set of companies. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I became fascinated. I became fascinated by that. And the neuroscience, you know, what, what underpins that? And, uh, and, so that led me to write this book, 
leading well from within, which is a neuroscience and mindfulness-based framework for conscious leadership. And so this work, I fed into your stream mm. to, um, to unpack the operating system around it. And it's been just a, I, I am so appreciative for your leadership, for your conscious leadership. You, um, beyond that, um, I believe we were in the conscious, what's it, the conscious leaders learning lab together. We had a, a very intimate experience um, um, in Austin together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am just most deeply touched by your humanity, how you truly embody conscious leadership. You know, there's an intangible, there are practices with this, but there is an embodiment of it too. So I, I am so in awe of both of you. You know, a few months ago, you received a diagnosis and, uh, and now you're in a different phase of your life. And, uh, and you're, you're, you're charting a course that I think very few people have done before in terms of how you are uh, dealing with that and how you are using your own experience to teach and uh, to extract uh, wisdom, loving wisdom from, and, and really to document that uh, at every stage, uh, to leave a legacy. And, and we're all, of course, hoping and expecting and praying that uh, you will um, get through this uh, and, um, you know, and recover fully. But I'd like you to share what, uh, you know, how you have dealt with this initially, uh, what caused you to frame it in the way that you have, and how that experience has been for you, well, and the reaction, there's some of the reactions that you're getting. Well, my life transformed dramatically on November 12th. Um, I was actually on a, um, a coaching call, and for the first time, I couldn't finish my coaching call. I had word block and my client said, do you think you need to be seen? And I said, I think I do. <laughs> and I went into the emergency room mm. and this was November 12th, 2012. So not being able to find a word, that was enough well, to go to an emergency room? Yeah, well, it was, I was embarrassed. I couldn't, it was that incapacitating that I couldn't, like, I couldn't get my words out. Mm. And so, you know, and I, I speak for a living and I serve with my words for a living. So all of a sudden, there was a jar. It wasn't like I couldn't find a word. I couldn't get any of the words out. No. Mm. So I, I needed to be seen. And long story short, I went into the ER and I got an MRI and... Um, got the diagnosis that I had grade four glioblastoma. So so-called terminal brain cancer. And I am intent on not to be terminal. <laughs> but at this point in diagnosis, theoretically, I should have, you know, 15 months to live. And when you walk through that doorway, your brain goes into survival mode. And you don't only walk through that doorway alone. When I told my family, they were sh- you can imagine they were shocked. They were, they were crushed. So that morning, I was on one side of a doorway with infinite 
possibility, infinite life. By that evening, I was now walked through the doorway of cancer and I walked through the doorway with my family. But then we're in the time of COVID. So I, um, so I was admitted to the wards alone. And I, I have a mindfulness practice and I was, I was noticing my thoughts. And many of my thoughts were, you can imagine, spikes of fear. Like, what's going to become? What now? What with my family? What, you, go, you go into all of these kind of like what if and all the catastrophes that could happen. And then because I've got also this, you know, the foundation of appreciative inquiry, um, you know, I've learned this in the exchange community. Um, I miraculously found a generative question. I met you and David Cooper Ryder, who I understand you, dear friends, with um, has this statement that questions create worlds. Christians create worlds. And it's the difference, the default questions that our brain goes into survival mode because it's designed to protect itself from harm puts us into a world of suffering. The key is, can you find a generative question that can put you in a world of flourishing? And because I've been primed for that, I found a generative question that was sufficient enough altitude. Questions have altitude as well. That put me into a state of where I could ask a generative question at altitude that led to answers, that led to more questions, that led to the touchdown with something pragmatic. And the question I asked, the generative question I found, is not what now, but what matters most now. What matters most now? It was the question. It's the question. The first tenet of conscious capitalism actually is purpose. It's a purpose question. Mm. What matters most now? And when time is running short, there's only one answer that tends to make sense. And it's the answer make every moment count. Make every moment count. And then that put me into, to, I asked the next simple question, which is how? How do I do this? And it led me into two streams of, two streams of answers. The first was a stream of make every moment count in living into intensely loving relationships, into living those cycles of receiving and giving love. So I have ever since... I've lived the nourishment of um, I've lived the nourishment of making every moment. This is a moment that counts between us. We're in a cycle of receiving and giving love here with each other. I'm intent on making this moment count. In addition to you, with everybody listening, I hope you can feel my heart. And now I understood I, I'm going through a spiritual awakening. I mean, I'm going through a I'm going through an awakening. I, I used to think. That, that conscious leadership was the awakening. You know, and it's a, it's a, it's, 
more of a mindfulness frame and I'm aware, but now I understand that there's a second dimension to this awakening. There's actually three dimensions that I've experienced, but I understand now that the power of conscious leadership is when it's connected to an awakened heart. The power of conscious leadership is when it's connected to an awakened heart. That's a second dimension of this. And so, um, and then I, the second stream of answers that came was my strong desire to leave a legacy with my work. Mm-hmm. And that is where our, um, we have created um, this YouTube channel called Living Well From Within. And it is, so if you Google search, uh, if, you, if you Google search Living Well From Within YouTube, we have created a playlist for this. And the playlist captures my journey from day one we now have 162 videos in the playlist. It's designed to be watched like a binge watch it like a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. And the key over here is there are multiple arcs of the, the story. And the overarching arc is transforming challenge into healing, growth, and wellness. So it overlaps significantly with the work that you're doing with the healing organization, Raj. And there, there are so many plot lines that are weaving together here. The key over here is it's in my family's, in our family's voice. I didn't want to actually kind of do this alone. I wanted to bring my family, they've walked through the doorway with me to watch my wife and kids go through their transformation. We are, I have never been this contented. I've never been this. Um, integrated. I am flourishing. I'm flourishing at this. I've got sunflowers behind me over here. I'm, that is, and so what we want to do is we appreciate. So it begins with two videos for context. The start here video number one is our wish for you turn your greatest challenge into healing growth and flourishing wellness. So it is, we are, our challenge is cancer, but we, we appreciate our challenge is no more important than uh, the challenges everybody else is having right now. Everybody's got challenge. So we want to share the lessons that we're learning from our family to yours to facilitate transformation into through you know, engaging us all in a healing journey together. Mm. So that's, uh, you know, that's what is most inspiring to me in, in this offering. Um, and then there is another, um, there's, there's the mechanism of how do you do that to facilitate transformation. So the second video over here speaks to the online um, spiral of learning and growth. 
Yeah, speaks to this active learning cycle. There's a concept of an active learning cycle, and the active learning cycle has three components to it. The first component, and this is based on the work of Kolb on experiential learning. The first component of um, is content and experience. It's content and experience. Content or experience. But content or experience alone is not enough to create transformational change. And the, the, the evidence is that history repeats itself. Mm. So the next component is um, key because this is the component of reflection. It's the, it's the metabolism of the experience or the content that creates transformational change, high quality reflection that leads to inspiring action that comes back to a new experience. And this is not a closed loop on its side. The upward spiral of growth and learning is experience, reflection, action, experience, reflection, action. It's a spiral, which, which I am mindful is the spiral of the cover of Conscious Capitalism and the field guide. So that is, so what we've done is in each one of these videos, in each one of these videos, we have built in active learning cycles to, to facilitate transformational change. So on this first video, here, if you go to the video descriptions, here is where I go through the distilled experience in the video, and then I inspire reflection and action. So day one, November 13th, my journey begins here when I'm describing the content or experience in the video. I have just received the results of my MRI. My most likely diagnosis is a high-grade glioblastoma brain cancer. Just before my brain biopsy, to confirm, my wife Sue asked me to record a message for our boys just in case anything happened during the biopsy. Mm. And the message I recorded for them, I said the greatest wish I have for them in their life is for them to live a loving life. Mm. And that unpacks so much. Live a loving life. That, so now I want to inspire reflection for you. And the reflection, you know, I'm inviting. These aren't prescriptive. These are just, um, these are offerings. So the questions are, if you received a life-threatening diagnosis, who would you reach out to? What message would you share with them? And the big question, why wait? Why, why wait? wait? Why wait? Why wait? I mean, why wait? What a beautiful way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. And then what, the key of, yeah, what action will you take right now to share what matters most with your loved ones? Well, so that's every one of these videos is designed to spark that type of transformational change. And, and I encourage you to... Um, 
to subscribe <laughs> to the channel. Um, and if you feel inspired by what you're seeing to share with others, you know, with a call to action for them to subscribe to. Yeah, it's been amazing watching this journey because I've been watching, like you say, binge watching. <laughs> like every two weeks, I'll sit there and I'll catch up on the last four or five or six that are there. Yeah. And it's been incredibly powerfully moving, you know, to see your family's reaction. I remember when you got your hair shaved and your son came up and gave you a hug. And within that hug, there was so much there was so much pain on his part. There was so much sadness and there was so much love, like all wrapped in together. And it was just amazing to be able to, to be honored to witness that. Mm. Well, I want to share with you, I want to go back here and share with you some magic that's happened. Like in, um, it's um, this magic that's happening on um, Day 14 mm. was a magical day. Um, and also it's day 13. And um, part of my legacy, um, well, it's our legacy. It's all of our legacy, um, is that uh, during the time of COVID, you know, we've had in Conscious Capitalism a, um, a senior leadership network that's been gathering and masterminding. And, um, and many of the discussions have been around kids, kids that are, have been in COVID and having a difficult, difficult time uh, with it, with social isolation. So I had proposed to Alexander McCobin, who's the CEO of Conscious Capitalism, who I've been coaching, who I've been blessed to be coaching with, co-coaching with Heath Dickett for, you know, for a number of years in his conscious leadership. Um, uh, I, before my diagnosis, I was going to pitch that this is time for the founding of the teen chapter of conscious capitalism. And I had a sense, I, I'm imagining, I, but I had a sense that there's a lot going on and, Alexander may have said, you know, um, you know, perhaps this is not the time for it. Maybe he, he would have agreed. I, I don't, but he was in such a heart space. His heart was open when I shared, you know, and the power of the power of evoked compassion. Mm. You know, when I when 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 people learn that I have can terminal brain cancer. There's a natural outpouring of compassion. But here's what, here's what I love about, so I will, I will take 5% of that compassion, that evoke compassion, and I will drink that in as good medicine. But what I want to say to people is use the other 95% of your evoke compassion to soothe your own suffering and then to bring that into your families and into your communities at large. And that was the stream, you know, and that's what's catalyzing a lot of people coming into this, into creating this healing coalition, creating this healing coalition. People are activated in the, and it's not because of me, it's because they're awakened in their heart space. 
So when I shared this, when I sh shared this in Alex, it he felt it in a different place. Mm. And he agreed, and not only did he agree to actually found the teen chapter, he um, agreed to let my son, Dylan, be the founding chair of the chapter. Mm. And so here's the announcement on day 13. And then what happens, and this gets me into the third dimension of my spiritual awakening. Then what happens is I get the call. So I... I'm about to get, they've got the final path back. And I am terrified that it's a grade four glioblastoma. That's the worst case scenario. And then I go in and indeed that's the diagnosis. So my worst case scenario is realized. And then we go into, I come back home and my boys are waiting for me, Zach and Bill, you know, um, and Zach has, in 2013, uh, we wrote a book called The Big Decision where we were on stage together, Conscious Capitalism. So he's been a part of the, this ecosystem as well. Um, they were waiting for me and they just took one look at our faces that, with our shell shock. Mm. And they were like, oh, we went into a family grief response. Mm. Now, what I understood is that we were running these active learning cycles and I was looking for, you know, kind of um, what is it that, you know, what is it that would give me some soothing? So we were running these mini, you know, kind of breathing with heart compassion. Um, we tried those experiments. Somewhat what worked, it was saying it is what it is. Um, so come opening to a, a doorway. None of that worked for Dylan. He was pacing. He was in a very agitated state. And, it, and finally, he grabbed his phone. He said, I'm going to go up and shoot a video. Mm. And this was the video he shot. And it's a video he shot that evening on day 13 when your parent has terminal cancer. And there's a thumbnail over here that says, don't walk out on your movie. Because how he starts, he's, he starts this, he starts this um, sharing about thinking about committing suicide, mm. that he was in deep pain. He was in deep pain. He says, I don't know if I can survive this. Oh. But then he finds, miraculously he finds a metaphor that just dropped in from another world. He said, like, he, he doesn't know where this metaphor dropped in. He says, Maybe this is a movie. Hmm. And then he points up, maybe this is a movie. And I'm in the worst case, I'm in the worst place in the movie right now. And he says, I have no control over the movie. And he points, he says, the movie is being directed by the, by the essentially he's pointed to God in the sky. Hmm. He said, he's saying, I have no control over how this movie ends. But then he pivots and he says, but what if the movie gets better? What if, the get, what if the movie gets better and I wasn't here for that part? And then he pivots, he says, he says, my dad, he uses the, you know, rotten tomatoes. He says, we're at 0% rotten tomatoes. He says, my dad makes, you know, movies that are 100% rotten tomatoes. What if I get to a 60% rotten tomatoes? 
and I check out too early. Now, here's what I understood is, first of all, in the morning when Alexander agreed to let him serve as the founding chair of the team chapter of conscious capitalism, that was in title only. Mm. But then through his grief response, by the end of the day, he was embodying conscious leadership in the, as a team. Mm. He was the embodiment of conscious leadership because I'm thinking, how many lives did he just save by other teenagers who on the brink by encouraging them not to step out of their movie. Beautiful. So then I understood that there's a third part of this, that yeah. there's a third part of my awakening. I understood then that if I had had a milder diagnosis, we would not have gone through that grief response. So I understood that I'm called to have the worst case diagnosis to serve. So I am called to have this diagnosis and I am full. My third dimension is not only a mindfulness dimension. It's not only a heart space. It's the full spiritual surrender of being in now in servant leadership. Mm. Mm. And I feel I, I give myself over to this process and my, and because of it, I'm experiencing the most extraordinary synchronicities in my life. I'm, I, I'm so blessed when you open your space to the world of spiritual surrender. Mm. It is a, a kaleidoscope of synchronicities that tend to arrive. And what, what that leaves me with a deep, deep, deep experience is, you know, Einstein asks, says the biggest question we can ask ourselves is do we fundamentally live in a friendly or a hostile universe? Do we fundamentally live in a friendly or hostile universe? I know in my bones we live in a friendly universe now. Mm. We live in the field of compassionate, loving energy, compassionate, loving, conscious energy. And because of that experience, and when we get stressed out, there's a corruption of that energy. So the I've answered that question. Do we fundamentally live? I know that in my bones. I know that in my bones. And here's what I get from knowing that in my bones. What's dying in me is the fear of death itself. So I'm being born into a full flourishing of life and not only physical death, psychological death. The psychological death of not feeling good enough the living invalidation of that because some people actually find more terror in that, find more terror in that, and they will escape the fear of living invalidation of living death to prioritize the comfort of physical death in suicide, sadly. But as you lose, so I am, I am in an embrace. I am aware of my current embrace in this field of conscious loving energy and whatever I am, I am ready to let my flesh 
melt off my bones at any time and experience the wonder of what consciousness transformed could look like as I meld more fully into this field of conscious loving presence. That's amazing, 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 Dan, to hear you describe it that way, you know, and um, it reminds me of the many levels and depths that go with leadership and personal development. And, you know, we started at the beginning of this as sort of talking about, you know, what are some of those tools for managing reactivity? <laughs> and, you know, at some level, that's really important. You know, it's really important that we become self-aware around how do I manage and be aware of reactivity and shift into creativity. Well, and, yeah. and then there's a whole other level, which is also going much deeper in this journey of self-discovery and connection to our hearts, and then ultimately in a connection to something bigger than ourselves. And um, I'm so sad and sorry that, that, that that's what it took to get you to that place, but I'm so happy for you that you're yeah. in that place. <laughs> well, Danny, you know, thank you for that. I think what, you, what you're doing is helping us emerge from kind of this trance. I think people, you know, we live our lives uh, sort of asleep in many ways. And um, when I heard the news about your diagnosis, I think right that night or maybe the next night, I had this really clear vision. And the vision was, uh, the message was, you're dying. Now live like it. Yes. Right? And, and if you really think about it, you said, you know, when you stepped through that door that you had infinite uh, time here and you had finite. But the fact is, you know, the minute you're born, you're looking at about 25, 26,000 days in, in a life, you know, average human life. And if you look at where we are at, at our stage of life, you know, I'm probably looking at another 7,000 if, if indeed it goes, you know, to that, to that degree. So it's, it's always very finite. The amount of time is incredibly finite but carries within it infinite potential. Yes. Right? It's incredible what you can do in a day. It's incredible what you can do in 90 minutes even. I find, I mean, Viktor Frankl wrote Man's Search for Meaning in three weeks, right? Oh, wow. Impacted uh, tens of millions, you know, over, over time. So, so I think this, this, uh, this uh, awakening, you're basically awakening people, pulling, pulling people out of their trance, and saying, recognize this precious gift of life, and it's it's only with you for a limited amount of time, within which you have incredible potential. And 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 the real the trick is it's one thing to awaken, it's another to stay, another thing to stay awake. Mm. Right. And I think what you're saying is we need to just stay awake every moment. And then I love the way you phrase it, stay awake to what it's really what really matters, right? It's that uh, as you said, the intense giving and receiving of love. And so I think it's just, you know, you're channeling on behalf of all of us some uh, incredible wisdom, loving wisdom. That you, I mean, I've, I've experienced you over the years. I've never experienced you more powerful uh, than you are right this minute, you know. Uh, it is incredible. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it's, there's so much more to come out of that. And, and recognizing, you know, that which is scarce does become precious. And the fact is, 
there is we none of us have infinite time you know we have limited amount of time and and we have to recognize and treat it as precious uh, and 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 utilize it to its potential which is extraordinary what what human beings can create within even limited amounts of time the amount of beauty and the amount of love and the amount of transformation and change uh, that is possible is extraordinary so i think you've really awakened i know you've awake, awakened us but everybody i think that is in your orbit is being transformed by this well, that's the biggest gift uh, that anybody i mean you talk about finding meaning in suffering as victor frankl talked about the only way to make meaning out of that is to to reduce suffering in others and bring more joy for others uh because of what you're going through well, you're doing that in spade so we're just incredibly grateful and kind of in awe right now you know of you and your family and that this is you know this is there's a nobility to to what's happening here that's such an object lesson you know for all of us well raj can i pay you um can i pay you a tribute because i think for many people in this movement you represent a the heart of the movement the heart and wisdom of the movement and um so when i met you as all inspired as you're expressing yourself right now i i was from the get go you were you were a leading light for me in the organization you inspired me and um and i wanted to emulate you <laughs> so, um and so where do you where do you feel you draw your deepest wisdom you know how did you come to be this way um mm. Well that's a whole other conversation I mean if you look behind me it says awaken ink right awaken is the name of the book ah, yeah. <laughs> I'm working on my own uh, uh life story and making sense of it and I think uh the many factors that shape all of us and you know I happen to come from a background which embodied the extremes of compassion and unconditional love and caring on the one hand and the extremes of misogyny and abuse and uh you know uh, uh, all of that on the other side you know sort of the uh, the uh, toxic uh, you know misogynistic abusive hyper patriarchal masculine energy that was embodied in this feudal culture that i come from and in my grandfather and father and so forth and the pure and innocent and unconditional love and care that my mother embodied and like many from my culture uh, and many around the world really you know we end up spending most of our lives trying to impress our fathers or trying to be worthy of our fathers or trying to follow in those footsteps because they are out in the world doing you know conquering and and winning and trying to do all of that but at some point i think it's actually while i was writing firms of endearment a specific moment when uh, when i was moved to tears with some of those stories and i felt that i had found my bliss uh, in uh, joseph campbell's language and and that that was really what resonated and that's really what what uh, what lit me up as a human that this was my uh, journey now that that was i the purpose kind of landed on me you know it found me mm. you know, like a butterfly lands on you if you're still 
And and so and then it was a, a couple of years ago when I turned 60 that a coach just looked at the whole picture zoomed out from it and said do you realize that you have been honoring your mother with your work mm. uh, for the last 15 years starting with from the Indian in 2005 and that before that you spent 45 years trying to impress your father that was that was a <laughs> that was a losing cause you know it would never work that was, uh, was ill-fated to begin with but then you found your true path which was to bring so what's missing in the world is really you know what you talk about loving right the mother energy yeah. the life giving life enhancing unconditional caring love you know my father's love was entirely conditional do what i say and then you're in my good books if not you're not, you're, you know you're dead to me uh, and that's that's all too common i think out there in the world so i think it's really bringing that energy and I, you know once i once she gave me that realization which is i i believe in the coaching so strongly because i think coaches can change your life you know with simple insights that allowed me then to not only recognize that but to really lean into it and live into it mm. and not be uh, not be hesitant to express that uh in in various ways and then of course as i go through this book and my uh, reflections it is not about a wholesale rejection of the masculine it's about really as you said wholeness it's about saying what is the beauty you know and the 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 love and and all of that that exists on that side and on on the feminine side and how do we integrate the best of those two things that's what it means to be human right to be strong and loving right to be uh you know firm and compassionate to have justice and mercy and all of those things together so that's really and i think that part of my journey is still unfolding yeah now i found the sort of the mother side of things but now recognizing my father's gifts and what i what i have received from him or i can receive i think that's the next part of it to get to real wholeness yeah. so there it it sounds like um no you've transformed your adversity um into glorious learning you know it's yeah. um it comes back to the active learning cycle and um what can happen is when and Timothy it's um it comes back to how do we make you know I've got this four and four framework that's got four steps that elevate you but I think it we can even simplify it further from here it's we've we've all had an experience of adversity and the question is does that experience of adversity pluck you out of your active learning cycle or lean you into your active learning cycle and i think what i'm sharing right is that you've embraced through your own journey and perhaps facilitated by coaching a leaning in to the reflection of that and and there is a deepening into each one of these areas so what happens is the purpose frames the content or experiences we want to have and then there's and that deepens you into a curation of content or experience and then there are there is reflection 
there's an attitude of reflection, which is ownership, openness, kindness, curiosity, presence, and always coming back to purpose. And then there's a form of the generative question, and that leads to inspired action and puts you back into that cycle. Mm. So what it, it strikes me is that this journey that we've all been on together, and Timothy, I'm sure you've had your own story as well when you look at your evolution. And, um, and so what I find, what I find powerful is that for us to know, are we on the right track in our learning? What's the signature of that? So essentially what we're running is micro-experiments. You're running micro-experiments and you're looking for the signature of energetic contraction or energetic expansion. So when you think about your dad, that puts you into a world of energetic contraction. When you think about your mom, that puts you into a world of energetic expansion. And now when you're thinking about the integration of both, I'm hearing also a stable, a more stable, you're actually integrating both to create a stability to understand that they both have a role to play. It's not an either or, it's a both end. Mm -hmm. So there's a, so it's, it's following those breadcrumbs following those breadcrumbs in micro-experiments for ongoing learning and development and transformation. And then what we get to do by putting it in this active learning cycle is we get to break it down into smaller parts because what happens is ultimately we want to go into big chunks of, big chunks of transformation. And I think that at, at times is overly limiting. So, as, as we're doing our work in the stream of purpose and engaging in reflection, allowing yourself to take, what's the smallest step I can take right now? What is the smallest, smallest step I could take right now? Where I could get feedback from the field of compassionate, loving presence to give me a clue, am I in the field of energetic expansion or contraction. So you're putting yourself into a much more intimate relationship with a field of conscious loving presence. Wow. Wow. Wow, Dan. That's, um, that is a beautiful way of expressing it in a practical terms, in terms of, um, you know, we want our leaders, we want us all as human beings to be living from this place and learning to love well, to learning to live a life of love yeah. and, and opening that heart to this possibility that life can be so much more. And I love the way you framed it. I just love the way you framed it. And when you frame it the way you do, it seems almost, it, it, it's so compelling. It's almost like 
blindingly obvious. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, what's the alternative? Like, once you've heard this, you've been exposed to it. Like, what's the alternative? I want to be closed down. I want to be living at the surface of my life. I, it, so it's so beautiful for you to be such a living example of that experience and being able to share that there is this possibility of living from this space and this is deeply human well i i I also want to get give credit to this is not this is channeling through me this is coming from the field and and the reason the reason we're all resonant resonating with this the, the 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 reason um, why you're so or inspired, you know, in the, what you're expressing is not because of my genius, but because we're expe- expressing a universal genius that expands beyond all of us. We, we, we all have access. We all have access to this field of wisdom, this field of wisdom. It's not, and I think part of what the corruption is, is we all want to claim an ownership stake in the field. We, we want to claim that genius for ourselves without giving it over to the universal genius. So it, I am in full spiritual surrender. I don't want to claim any of this as my own. And I want to acknowledge that when you resonate with that, you resonating with that, not because of my genius, but because you resonating with the same field. You know, there's a quote I came across uh, from Russell Brand. Do you know Russell Brand, the actor and comedian? Yes, yes. And that he's really brilliant. I mean, and he channels this kind of wisdom frequently. So I just want to read this. Um, why are our systems not more representative of the divine, pure truth that we can access through spirituality? An infinite world made out of love and understanding. That level of consciousness exists. Our systems, athletic, entertainment, economic, political, and social, should be as close as possible to that feeling. Isn't it odd that we are able to experience this sense of oneness, this love that seems to transcend our personal form and everything we believe in? And yet, when it comes to our systems for organizing this plane that we live on, this material plane, the choices we make are not about that love and understanding. They're about resources and elitism and our monkey need for survival. Mm. Yes, yes. Oh, that is glorious. And that's... That's so well put, you know. It's like... About staying awake. Stay awake to that, you know, that higher level, right? Don't fall back into the trance. So, So that's... When I unpack um, my live a loving life, there's a lot to unpack in that phrase because it begins with a living reverence for life itself. Live a loving life begins with a reverence for this compassionate, loving presence. And whatever word you use for this, some people use the word God. Some people use the word Indira's net. I, 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 we in our family, we use, I actually call it the field. My wife calls it the force. 
So together we call it the force field. And because mm-hmm. our, our fan, um, she, we said force field, well, it's the force field of miracles and our, um, our children were born into that force field of miracles. So whatever word you use for that, the more love you shower, the more love and reverence you shower into that, the more you get back. So that's living a loving life is, includes that dimension, massive dimension. And I think what we're doing over here is we're paying collective reverence that this is not ours. This is a credit to this field. And then from that place, we actually are, are more liberated to engage in the free-flowing, receiving and giving love with, with others and loving, loving life itself fully. And it's, um, you know, I'm just swimming in these waters is, is delicious. <laughs> you know, I've never been this... I, I've never been this contented and happy. I've never been this contented and happy. And it's not in spite of my cancer. It's because of my cancer. Mm. Thank you, Danny, for our time together. And thank you for uh, what you are sharing and uh, giving to all of us through this journey. Uh, You know, we feel like we're on the journey with you and, um, and continuing to hope and pray for as much time as 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 you will be granted, and where we can all be granted for, for your presence here. Yeah. So thank you, thank you again for joining us. And uh, you know, I think this was a really special a special episode for us. Yeah, well, I I, I want to just close with just love and appreciation, I, you know, with deep love and appreciation for both of you. Um, you have. Um, been a major influence in my life, in the journey of my life. In many ways, I am, I am, I am primed for this moment because of what's preceded it. And you're a big part of the story of what's preceded this. You've given me the context to have this transformation. I want to thank you for that from the depth of my heart. And then I want to also just thank you all for listening. And I hope it served you well in living a loving life. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, thank you. Living a loving life in the face of death has been incredibly and truly inspiring. And thank you. And thank you to our listeners. For those of you that are listening on whatever channel you happen to be on, please feel free to hit the subscription button. And if you feel so moved, go to iTunes and um, give us a score and leave us a comment. Or you can leave us a comment at theconsciouscapitalists.com. And if you want to learn more about conscious capitalism, there's always our book, The Conscious Capitalism Field Guide. And Raj, where else can people learn more about conscious capitalism? You can go to consciouscapitalism.org and learn about the movement, uh, the principles, uh, the chapters that we have all around the world as well as the new teen chapter and all the other exciting things that are happening. So do join this movement and become part of uh, impacting the world in a positive way through business. 
And Danny, if people want to know more about the work you're doing, you've obviously given us the link to the video series that you're putting together. How else can they find out more about the wonderful yeah. and inspiring work you're doing? Well, thank you for that. And uh, so uh, you can go to supersmarthealth.com. Um, you can also go to uh, do a Google search on living well from within the YouTube channel and then look at the playlist and subscribe there as well. Again, thank you, Danny. Been so inspiring. And we wish you all, all of the best. Love, peace and healing to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.